Hello, my beautiful buttercups, and welcome to another podcast with me, Nikki Allen. You are listening to Soul Space, a superb place to get everything you could possibly want the answer to on the afterlife, paranormal, angel, spiritual development, psychic development, you name it, it's all happening here. Yes, it is. So welcome, welcome, welcome to new listeners and hello and thank you for your support to all the people who are already listening. You absolute bonus people. Is that a word? Is that a good way of describing it? I don't know, but that's me. Keeping it real as always. Now, darlings, I want to take you to a very special place that I go up to in the Crystal Palace or heaven, whatever you want to call it. And I know that it's going to really help you because I'm going to share with you the knowledge that I got from this chamber. And the only way I can call it really is the eye chamber. Now, that's not the greatest description, I grant you, right? The eye chamber is the only way I can describe it. Now, for those of you that haven't heard any of my descriptions so far about the Crystal Palace, it is a imagery structure that's created in the third eye of many light workers so that you know where you're at. You know, if we just look at light and frequency, it's not going to help us it. So imagery is created and I have now got a full mind map of all the layers I've visited so far of heaven, including the reality layer, which is where our loved ones are, the halls of learning, you name it, I've been there. So there's one particular place I wanted to share with you because this time of year, some of us, especially with Christmas coming up, may find it sad because we haven't got loved ones with us or we haven't got family with us or it's just a pain in the arse. Um, some of us will be excited. We've got the darker nights. You know, so it's, there's all different mixed emotions during this time. So it's so important to maintain your soul and everything that goes with it. Now, this is the important bit, and this is why I'm taking you to this chamber. I went up to the Crystal Palace many moons ago, and I walked into the Celestial Garden, and I noticed that if I go to the left in my imagery, I go to the chambers of the Archangels. But I thought, you know what, I'm going to be cheeky. I'm going to just swerve it to the right and see what happens. And I turned right, and I entered through this door, and it was obviously a different dimensional frequency, but to me it was just another room. I walked in and there was like this, and it sounded like a kind of electronic heartbeat. It was really weird. And suddenly this huge, giant eye was just there. It manifested right in front of me. And I am talking like the size of a shed. It's absolutely huge just looking at me. And I'm like, this is super weird. And I looked at this eye and it looked back at me it didn't blink and I walked closer and as I looked closer I could see the perfect form of me reflected in the iris and the um, inside of the eye the lens of the eye and I realized it was a mirror and then this discarnate voice said to me this eye is asking you to look within and I'm like that's good that's that's impressive I'm liking the giant eye I'm loving it so I stood there for a little while and I thought, I just I can't be asked to do this because I thought, do you know what I mean? <laughs> when you get up there, you want to be shown stuff. You don't want to be working on yourself. And I wasn't really ready to have a look within at that point. 
Um, this was my journey before my road accident when I was kind of running on hot coals all the time. And I sort of thought, no, you're all right. And I kind of left the room and then wandered off to somewhere that I knew, like with the seraphim, or I just went in and popped in and had a cup of tea with my nan. And um, I thought, no, you're all right, I'm going to leave that one. And incredibly, when I was sharing the meditation and taking my students in my workshops up to um, this beautiful place, I would hear some say, and then I went out through the door. Then I turned right, and I'm like, oh my God, where are they going? Where are they going? And they're going to Omnipresence Cavern, where are they going? And then I walked in, there was this huge eye, and I'm like, get in. So lots of people had experienced it. Some of them didn't know what it meant and just walked straight out. Some of them lost their connection because they were scared of this big eye. Some of them actually got it and realised that it was about staring back at yourself and looking within. So when I went through my journey, if you want to know about it, if you're new to this, please either look at my books or just go back to the old podcast because you can kind of get a bit of a story going on. I don't want to keep repeating it, um, but I had five years in bed. So while I was doing during my new awakening and my rebirth and whatever you want to call it, um, I remember having a, being in a dream state, um, in the alpha brainwave state, and then I see the eye again. I'm like, oh, hello. And I was very open to it this time. And I stood there and when you actually look at this eye and stare into it with an open heart chakra and you're just like, yeah, come on then, show me what I need to see, it reflects back and gives you imagery and visualisations of what needs to be either eradicated, what needs to be pushed forward, what needs to be encouraged, what needs to be got rid of, everything that you hold in your body. Now, funnily enough, I've just recently done a channeling on my YouTube channel um, where Julianus came through and was talking about the massive importance of us maintaining soul health as well as outer health so physical body health as well as inside soul health and um I thought, wow, this is the chamber for that. This is the chamber to see what needs to be done. It looks into your soul and reflects back, you know, in the lens of the eye, what you need to be doing. It's a bloody brilliant chamber. I'm not going to lie. It was so, it's so powerful. And now I know that when I went in there the very first time, I wasn't ready to face what I was holding and hiding I wasn't ready to face everything that I'd locked up in a little box and thrown in a little dark room somewhere, locked the key and threw it away. And this is what we tend to do. We tend to, some of us, even if, whether it's trauma or something that really pissed us off, whatever it is, we tend to like pretend it didn't, it doesn't exist, it's in the past, move on. But it's okay saying it's in the past and moving on as long as you're not carrying it with you. But before you know it, you're going to have more bleeding sacks in your, in your soul than Santa. And I know I'm saying Santa. And if someone listens to this in June, they're going to be, what are you talking about, Nick? It is December and it is near Christmas. Um, so perhaps it was a badly chosen analogy. <laughs> you could be laying on a beach somewhere next year and be like, oh, no, what is that all about? But it's it's literally holding that burden and sometimes you can get triggered if someone says something or treats you in a certain way or you watch a certain program you know these triggers can create these elements of PTSD where something that you thought you dealt with becomes triggered and becomes present back in your life as a very very solid emotion um, a very solid feeling which could possibly then potentially lead to behavior or you going back into habits or um, bad traits of yourself because of that trigger. 
So we need to eradicate all of this stuff. And, you know, we spoke about this before with Dark Knight of the Soul, your shadow self. Um, but this eye particularly um, has a look and, and, and decides what needs cutting out and what needs growing, you know, what needs planting and what needs to be put into the soil to grow to create this tree of life that your soul is. And so I started to look into the eye and say, yeah, go on then. I know you're a bit freaky because you're a big giant eye, but I get it. I get what you're representing here. So, you know, let's, let's go with it. And it can take days, weeks, months. It depends on how much trauma you've hidden within your soul or things that you don't want to deal with or cope with that are hidden in your soul. Um, and this is why potentially so many people just walk straight out of this chamber because they're just not having it and they just say, oh, I'm scared of the eye, I don't want to deal with it. But at some point, if you are triggered by your past and there's something in you that says you've really got to deal with this, then you need to deal with it. Obviously, there are the, the material approaches, the 3D approaches, which is obviously, you know, getting therapy, um, going to see someone, talking it out, alleviating it that way. There's obviously the holistic ways of doing it. The quantum hypnotherapy is one of the most powerful ones at the moment that's out there um, that makes you just go into the quantum space and dig out what you don't need. So there are ways of actually approaching professionals to help you eradicate what's going on with these, you know, with, that, with this stuff that's going on. Um, soul journaling, also self-love, all of the stuff that I've mentioned before in previous podcasts are all going to help you to look at, raise and um, connect with whatever it is that's in your, in your soul and throw it away. And yes, I have mentioned this analogy in a previous podcast, but I'm going to mention it again. Um, in my younger days, I used to smoke. Ugh, disgusting and I was currently at the time going through therapy because there was a certain thing that happened in my work environment that created triggers of previous abuse in my childhood and I thought oh no I can't be doing this I've got enough shit going on and so I kind of thought I better go and see someone and I, it was a very hardcore type session and I came out and I and I drove to this field and I parked up and um, I lit a cigarette I can't believe I used to smoke. It's like a previous life. It's so weird. Anyway, um, I lit this fag and I rolled down the window. I was just looking out over these fields and woodland thinking, wow, that was just super intense. And as I did it, I, was, I, sm I took a drag on the fag and then I flipped it out the window and I noticed that one of the bits of ash stuck onto this huge cobweb that was stuck on the wing mirror of my car. And... I didn't think anything of it, but within a second, the spider was out from behind the wing mirror onto that web and went straight to the ash. And I watched it pick this bit of ash up, look at it, and then just think, throw it away. It repaired the line the ash had hit, and then it went back into its house. And I thought, my God, that is one of the biggest things I've ever seen. And I've always lived by that tiny little thing that took place and use it as an analogy all of the time I saw the cobweb as your soul or our soul or my soul at the time my energy and I saw that this spider had something stick to its energy right and so it came out and it grabbed hold of that that was sticking on its energy and thought is that useful for me 
He just dealt with it straight away. Didn't put it off. Didn't say, oh, I'll deal with it next week because I don't want to. He just got straight on it because it was hanging on his web, hanging on your soul, hanging on your energy, hanging on your emotional status. And he looked and went, well, no, it's a piece of crap. It's a bit of ash. And he threw it away without second thought. No emotions, no ego, absolutely nothing. He just threw it away, checked to make sure everything was strong and all back in line on his web, and he went away. And that, to me, was exactly how we should be treating anything that comes to us and is presented to us, whether it's a problem, a person, a situation, do we want it, do we need it, off you pop. If it's already within you, do I need to hold that memory? Do I need to cherish that memory? Does that memory serve me wrong? Does it make me feel like pants when I think of that memory and regurgitate it and unlock it? Yes, it does. I need to deal with it. Be the spider. Whatever is hanging on your web, keep it and store it because, you know, the spider would store things it wanted to eat in the back of the web, but the front of the web was pristine. He only kept what was going to be useful for him and would help him grow or survive. Anything else that wasn't for the greater good or didn't nurture him or help him, he threw it away without a thought. Not, oh, what'll happen if I throw it away? Or what will they think if I throw it away? Or, oh, do I need to throw this away? Shall I hold on to it? Shall I remain a victim? Shall I allow it to create this massive weight in my web? No, of course he didn't. He just threw it out. There's so much we can learn from animals, insect nature. It's incredible. It really is. Because they, these animals go by instinct. And what Mother Gaia, you know, creates within them. They don't, they've got no ego whatsoever. They've got no thought process where they think, shall I, shall I? They just go with the flow of nature. We need, we could learn a lot from that. We really could. And so part of my vocation, if you like, part of my passion is to help people in crisis going through the dark night of their soul, which we obviously spoke about last time because I went through it and I know what it's like and it's hell on earth. It is absolute hell. There is absolutely no light, bright light helping you go anywhere or guiding you. You just, all you see is black and it's that simple. And so I thought, do you know what? I'm going to share with you what I was told through this eye, right? So I basically used to go up there and go, right, I'm going to go in the eye room. I'm going to be a big girl. I'm going to go into the eye and I'm going to um, reflect into the eye and see what needs to be eradicated. Have a look within. It kind of like reflects an x-ray vision of what's held in your soul. And then I'm going to ask it how to maintain, like the spider, how to maintain my web. And it was pretty impressive. And I wrote it in my soul journal um, and I used to share it in my um, lessons, seminars, workshops. And so I thought I would share it with you. And very amazingly, it's it's amazing how synchronicity works because I literally um, found this yesterday and shared it in, in one of my newsletters. And I just thought I'd share it with you just in case you have not subscribed to my email newsletter. If you haven't, why not? Just saying. (laughs) It is pretty, it is pretty handy though, because you, you know, you get, 
giveaways, you get advice, you get a little angel card, you get any anything I feel that I need to help you with or guide you or advise spiritual stuff on there. It's a nice little newsletter to be connected with. Plus you get first dibs on any events that take place because they normally sell out within hours. But up to you. But it'd be lovely for you to join the subscribe tribe if you wish. So in a minute, I'm going to show you exactly what the eye showed me and share with you the best ways that you can do to keep yourself on a healthy, balanced, well-being, transitional soul that's fit as a butcher's dog. How does that sound? Don't forget I'm on YouTube as well, where I give you loads of different videos to help you in your spiritual development and awareness of the angels. And just an exclusive for you, there'll be a new Channeling Heaven program where I shall be literally going up to the Crystal Palace and bringing direct messages to you from the angel realms and the spirit world to help humanity. And on top of that, if you really do want to take spiritual development a stage further, have a look at my shop where I provide many guided meditations for your development. We have the 10-hour tarot course, the Prism Living Spiritual Development course. We have the QR tarot cards, which are wonderful, and loads of other stuff, including my books if you'd like a signed version. So pop over to the shop area of my website where you can just delight yourself in buying all sorts of wonderful spiritual things. Enjoy, 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 and I look forward to connecting with you both in my tribe on YouTube and through my newsletter. The first thing that I'm going to talk about, right, and these are the things that the eye pushed back at me. It's like a discarnate voice. When I asked, well, how do I keep myself fit enough inwards so that I can receive divine information, I can use my intuition, da, 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 da. And they said, yeah, we're going to take you through that. So the first one, and this is something that I really do notice a lot now, is mindfulness and presence, being in the present. Now, when I go on my beach walks, I listen and hear the sea and I honour Mother Gaia for the strength of nature and the fact that the moon pulls the sea and it's forever air being flowing ever flowing it's so powerful and I acknowledge me grounding myself by walking on the sand I acknowledge the bird song and the gulls making their sounds I acknowledge the air on my face and the the abundance of nature around me I honor the fact that I'm walking with my baby my fur baby Teddy and I'm very present in when I'm doing things like that because it's so important to embrace the moment to just clear your mind of all of the clutter and the crap and the problems and all the rest of the stuff that comes with it you know in life and it refreshes me so much and yet this is the thing and I want to go and grab this out of the people's hands right nearly every dog walker I see has got an iPhone in their hand or a phone in their hand and they're just looking at their phone right the dog's wanting to play it's like standing there wanting its ball phone and they're just striding along they could be walking on a on a walking machine right they could be anywhere but this magnificent beautiful space where everything is living and breathing around them and they're just looking at their phone you're like what are you doing pay attention to your surroundings i've i obviously got the gift of this because when you go through a dark night of the soul or when you go through chronic illness or a huge trauma or life altering episode um or you know crisis whatever it may be you learn to 
be so grateful for the most tiniest of things. You know, if I see a bird fly the window or I see, you know, a, a, a one lone flower just burst into bloom during the fall or during winter, if I see um, someone just kiss someone, go, hello, everything I embrace because we need positive energy pulsating through ourselves. So I always remain fully present wherever I am, even if it's shopping, I'm aware that there are people around me that are flustered. So I, I send a pink brick wall around them so they don't interfere with my calm energy. And if there's something I absolutely adore and I love, I'll bloody buy it, thank you very much. Yes, I will. If something sings to me and I think that's going to make me happy looking at that, I will. But then all girls do that, so I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Shoes, boots. Anyway, can you see I mean? Live in the moment. Get off your phones. Turn them off for 10 minutes. Walk in nature. Be mindful with yourself, you know, and I love the mindfulness app that I use that just dings however often you want it to ding during the day and then it just tells you to stop and it gives you a suggestion of what to think about and just switch off for five minutes. I've even got guided meditations on my YouTube channel for five minutes just to switch off. There's a perfect one on the iWatch if you have one of those where it basically reminds you to do um, a reflection where you just reflect on the subject it recommends and a breathing exercise on there that I do religiously every time it blings on my arm. And this is just perfect breathing exercises just to calm the stress, de-stress, get rid of all of the stuff that's in your soul that doesn't need to be there, in your energy that doesn't need to be there. And the more you do this, the more, whether, you be, whether you're aware of it or not, the more you become aware and connected to source. Because the more you start listening to your surroundings and being alert to nature, the more that you'll hear something, a suggestion, a thought, you know, and you just think, oh, I might do that. And, and then you just say, oh, it's just an idea I got when I was walking on the beach. No, it wasn't. It was most probably a guide or your spirit mum or, you know, an angel saying to you, do that. It's going to really help you. So there's nothing more powerful than being present and adopting mindfulness techniques. Let's face it, it's not hard. You can find mindfulness stuff all over YouTube, all over the internet. There's apps for it. And as I say, it's on your iWatch. If you've got an iWatch, it is everywhere. So start doing it, even if it's just one minute a day. One minute a day. Do it. Don't keep acknowledging your life through technology. Acknowledge your life through what's around you. Embrace it. Be grateful for it. Feel it. Know it. Experience it. And that leads me on because I've just used this, this word gratitude. I exercise gratitude every single morning. I do without foul and it's not that I force myself to do it. It just automatically happens now. I wake up and think, what am I grateful for? Three things. Because by you acknowledging and appreciating the good things in your life, you are on a positive vibration before you even start. Even if you think, oh, I've got a really shit day today, if you start on a positive mindset of what you're grateful for, you're already putting yourself way above, you know, what perhaps you're not looking forward to that day. Right, and I do it in my journal sometimes as well. If I really am having a bad time, I think, oh, there's stuff that's really getting on my nerves, and then I will write it out. I normally say it. 
but I will write it out in my soul journal or gratitude journal. Perhaps I should do one of those as well. I've done every other journal on Amazon. And it and it doesn't have to be amazing things. I'm grateful I'm alive today. I'm grateful that um, I've got my beautiful dog with me. I'm grateful that um, I'm able to have treated myself too. <laughs> I did, I bought her a Christmas fairy. Oh my God, she's so sweet. I love her and her wings light up and everything. And she's got the sweetest face and I love her so much. And you'll see her on my YouTube channel sitting on the bookcase. And I'm like, I'm grateful that I had the pennies to go and buy that. I'm grateful for the fact that I feel well today. I'm grateful for the fact that I have a loving partner. I'm grateful that I've got a roof over my head. I'm grateful that I feel very cosy because I've got this wonderful, comfortable bed. It can be something so stupid. You could be having the shittiest time of your life, but just try and find the things you're grateful for. Even if you're not, still do it. Still do it. And you know what I've also noticed, and this leads me on to the next point, these are all things that they've taught me from heaven, right, is compassion and kindness. I, do you know what? Acts of kindness make me... I'm going to tell you now, when I go across to my park and my beach, right, across the road, every single time without foul, there is someone that I meet that is open to spirituality or is a light worker and we just naturally attract each other. Most of them have got fibro or ME and I end up giving them information like that. The other day it was a man who'd lost his wife and his dogs were keeping him alive because he was walking them on the beach. Another time the other day there was a lady with a severely disabled, non-verbal autistic child and I, I, I helped her and said, look, watch my videos, these are the crystals that help, blah, blah, blah. I'm always doing something. And when I do that, my God, I feel absolutely amazing. I don't have to do it. I just, I don't have to do my videos on YouTube. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to do anything if I don't want to. But absolutely love to give out benevolence and compassion to people. I love it. And listening to other people, connecting with others and listening to them, connecting with others even if it's online, Sending out that love helps you to maintain a high vibration in your soul. And I always know, you know, sometimes you get people that are very abrupt, very rude when they send emails and you just think you're just not on the right level, mate. Straight away, I just know, straight away. I'm like, you just, I don't know what you're doing here. I don't know why you're joining this course or doing that because you are not on the right level. Because you can feel straight away they're angry, they're bitter, they're, nah. They're not, they're not exuding kindness, love, tranquility, acceptance, empathy. And again, the more you do that, the more you can listen to yourself because you're just exuding an energy that you would want sent back to you. And it brings such peace to your soul. And of course, the number one thing, obviously, in the eye chamber is self-reflection and contemplation. Looking at yourself, reflecting on how you are, what your beliefs are at the moment, what you value in your life, what goals you've set, have you set any, where do you want to be in a year, where do you want to be in five years, what bothers you, what do you need to get rid of, what doesn't help you, what do you need to change, what do you need to keep hold of, what do you need to nurture. Set aside some time for that reflection. I do it, I do that, and introspection, sitting on a rock, um, 
on the beach. It is the most perfect place for me. If I I was a mermaid in a previous life, absolutely Atlantean, no doubt about it. I would get in that sea and live in it. So for me, being by the ocean is just number one for me. So whatever floats your boat that's going to help you go... Right, let's have a little look at myself. Let's check in on myself. If you want, you can make it your inner child. Check in on yourself. Am I happy? Am I sad? Did this person make me happy? Did they make, does that person make me happy? Is that friend true to me? Shall I invest in this? Shall I take this job? Shall I not? Shall I move? Whatever it is, reflect on, check in with yourself as much as you possibly can. And again, don't make it a chore. Don't think, right, every Monday at two o'clock I have to do this because it becomes a chore then. Just be mindful that at some point, if you're feeling a bit pissed off or you're like, do you know what, it's just everything feels a bit bloody heavy at the moment, check in on yourself. Why? What's going on, mate? Come on, speak to me. That's what I do. I talk to myself. What's the matter? What's going on? Why do you feel shit? And then I'll identify whether it's pain or it's fatigue or it's just someone's been shitty, whatever it is. And I just think, right, well, how are you going to deal with that? So rather than let it sit and, you know, start spitting venom, how are you going to deal with that? How are you going to get out of that? How are you going to change it? Can you change it? And then we go to the serenity prayer, which I've held, you know, I think it's one of the most powerful, perfect prayers ever, ever on the uh, on the planet. God, give me the wisdom to accept the things that I cannot change, to change the courage to change the things I can, the wisdom to know the difference. But deal, that just come out of nowhere. Yeah, if you can't change it, well, you've got to accept it and get on with it and stop bleating about it. If you can change it, get off your bum, put your big pants on and change it. Know what the difference is. Can I change it? No. Okay, I'm going to have to accept that for the time being and ride through it. Can I change it? Yes. Right, then I need to get on it. Self-reflection is huge and that is why that's just a huge eye in that room. You need to check in on yourself because before you know it, you'll be running away from yourself and not knowing what's going on. Check in on yourself. And as I say, any nature space will do. I know I've said this before, I'll say it again. Being in the natural world, away from technology, away from people, being with your pet or being on your own, just appreciating the beauty, the serenity of nature, whether it's woodland, lakelands, swamplands, oceans whatever it is no matter where you live there will be a bit of green somewhere get out there and do it sit with nature the most powerful battery charger for your soul ever the most powerful conduit to the spirit world angel realm celestial realms get yourself out there now i would be doing this if i the next thing um that was brought to me, but obviously they didn't even know about my my disabilities at the time, was the fact that we should promote harmony in our soul and we should bring our mind, body and spirit together by doing things like yoga, tai chi, qigong, any forms of exercise that focus on that physical and mental balance. So, you know, even we know that obviously exercise releases dopamine. So if you are physically fit, you're lucky buggers, I, I'd be down there like a shot, even if it was swimming, even if you just want to float in a swimming pool, a natural conduit to the, to the spirit world, sea swimming, anything that gives you that physical connection as well as mental and spiritual, absolutely perfect. Think about taking on those sort of practices. If you're fit enough, oh, I'm too busy, I'm too busy. Make time. 
make time. Another thing that they also said to me was about serving others, doing things for free, volunteering, helping out your neighbour, getting a shopping for an elderly person down the road. And this came into the fore during the lockdown. So when everybody else was whinging and moaning about the fact that they were stuck indoors, and I'm not taking it away from the people that obviously couldn't be with their loved ones who were ill or passing. I'm not, I'm, that is absolutely horrific. And there's, there's no justification for that. But there's other people saying oh it's the worst time of my life try having a chronic illness where it is your life you know and the beauty of that is you do end up being faced with yourself you do and the beauty that came out of that was people because they didn't have their you know their pubs to go to their clubs to go to their restaurants to go to and all the other stuff they literally were back with themselves and what they could do for others in the community during lockdown and so we saw it didn't we on the news we saw people taking shopping to the elderly we saw people helping vulnerable people out why didn't that continue afterwards because everybody went back into their robotic state of 3d world again didn't they it's such a shame. But even, you know, volunteering at the animal shelter, again, I wish I had um, the reliability in my physical body to go down there because I would, you know, I know friends that just literally go and sit and just be with the animals, just sit with the dogs, sit with the cats, just be there and give them a bit of company, take them walking. It's just, it's if you do something for nothing... It makes you feel so much better about yourself and it's also an act of self-love. Even though you're, you're serving others, it is a way of you making yourself feel so good about what you've done for someone else with no agenda whatsoever. Too much of it, isn't there? Yeah, I'll do that for what I get back. Too much of that going on. It needs to be, I'm doing this for the greater good. I'm doing this to help you. I'm doing this because you need help. I'm doing this because I want to bring a sense of spiritual fulfillment to myself. I want to deepen my spiritual connection with myself. And one of those ways is giving service to others. Now, this one, I don't do. I don't do this at all. And you know this. um, But some of you it may help you and inspire you, is seeking that inspiration by reading spiritual texts. I love the little memes that come up on things like Instagram and they give you such a meaningful message, you know. Inspirational books, listen to people on YouTube that resonate with what you believe in and what inspires you and what may help your personal spiritual growth. You know, connect with people like that. I love Bashir. Um, obviously, I've started looking a lot into the more galactical terms of things with Elena Danan, Alex Collier, Dr. Michael Sala, Christian Northrup, George Lewis is incredible. There are some really incredible people out there that even if you, you know, you can't move, you can't do a lot, go on there and rather than watch crap on TikTok, watch someone that can actually inspire you to do things. You know, listen to what they've got to say. I, I, and I love it. I get so many messages from people that say, oh, God, you make me laugh so much. You help me through my depression. You help me through my grief. And it makes me go, oh, my God, I'm so happy I've done, done that. But also, you know, all, they've got to do, all you've got to do is press play. Even if you're in the darkest, griefiest place of your life, all you've got to do is press play and just listen to the people that make you laugh, inspire you, you know. 
seek that inspiration, seek the wisdom that you may be drawn to that may give you the beginning of your rebirth, of your spiritual awakening. You also, this was a hard one for me, forgiving myself, Jesus. When they told me to do this, I'm like, you can just shut the front door. Thank you very much. Um, I used to resent myself, hate myself. I, I thought that I was responsible for why everybody treated me like shit during my life. Um, and there was lots of people that I held in my energy that I wanted to go and stab. <laughs> and one of them was practicing forgiveness on yourself and others. Oh, let go of resentment. Oh, that was a toughie. But you know what? It was very freeing when I did do it because, you know, someone once said to me, why do you let negative arseholes that have made your life a misery, um, why do you let them rent your head for free? Because they don't give a shit they're doing it, but you do because you're living it. And it's so true. And so forgiving others and letting go of whatever they did to you is so freeing and empowering because you just suddenly feel this level of um, ascension where you think, oh, poor love, you did that because you've done this or he did this because he's so mucked up or whatever. And then you kind of rise above it and think, wow, I'm growing because I've now forgiven that person. Rather than feeding off of their malignance, I am now flying above them. It's a really important one for you to deal with and face on. And the other thing as well is, is that after you get this empowerment, then you need to get all of the intentions and purposes that you created through all of these steps I've just shown you, grab hold of them and get going. Okay, you need to live towards a more meaningful, more spiritually full um, and fulfilling life. Everything that you are working towards can be achieved if you practice one, two, three, or all of the things I've recommended here. And even though they may seem like they're trivial things that are just like, oh God, that's all okay, yar stuff, come by our stuff, you know, like tree hugging, love tree hugging. Go and hug a tree, it's bloody amazing. It really is. It's so dizzy with the power of connecting with the tree. It's incredible. So, you know, you could do all these steps, but if you don't do anything with them, you don't even bother doing it. It's no point, it's there. You have to set intentions and, you know, Archangel Jeremiah can help you do this. He can help you review your life, what you want to keep, what you don't, and what you need to nurture and grow with. There's many, many angels up there. Um, that can then help you create and manifest your future and give you the courage to move that forward, Archangel Michael, Joffael, to create all this manifestation that you want to achieve. And the more that you connect in with yourself and the more you reflect on what you want in your life, the more abundance will be drawn towards you and it really, really does work. Because when I was in my dark night of the soul, nothing worked. I hated the world. I didn't believe in anything. I thought that the spirit world was all made up. I hated everything about it. And um, I was just hurting. I was angry. I was in pain physically, mentally, spiritually. It was just terrific. And I didn't want to know about anything. But then when they started dragging me through my spiritual boot camp and started just gently dropping in, try this when I was in the eye room, try that. And then very, very slowly, without really thinking about it, first it was a bit of a chore, but then it just automatically kicked into my life where I don't even second think it now. And again, as I always say, I always, always, and I don't intentionally do it, I always acknowledge the spirit world, 
someone from the spirit world um, that connects with me or the angel realms a couple of times an hour. I'm always mindful that I'm connected to source and that's what you must be. And if you've got the rest of this going on with the clarity and, you know, reflecting on oneself and clearing everything that doesn't need to be there, you become so light in yourself that anything that comes towards you in your life, whether it's trauma, arguments, problems, debt, whatever it is, you know, base chakra crap, whatever comes to you, think, okay, Whereas if you become so burdened and heavy, if anything comes at you, you just spill over and think, I can't do this, and you go into like a massive crisis, which is exactly how I used to operate. And then I would then put myself into a circle of self-hate. See, you deserve this. This is why you've got crap coming to you because you're rubbish. This is why it's happening. And you go into this self-hate and spiral down into a rabbit hole of what else can I hate Nikki for? <laughs> you know and now though to feel light and to not feel burden and to check in on myself and say how do I feel about that really really hones your intuition because when you stop and take time to look at a situation or say you've met a new person or you know you're interviewing just say you're interviewing someone for your business and you think Oh, yeah, well, they've got this on paper, but you're so busy. Stop. Get out in nature. Sit down. Okay, let me look at this person. Are they going to be good for me? Why? Why not? You know, that's just an analogy. That's just a basic thing. But when you do that, your gut will tell you your solar plexus will withdraw or it will expand. (gasps) Oh, God, yeah, I know I need to be this person. Even though the other one might be better qualified, for some reason, your instinct and your intuition is saying, go with that one. And the stronger your moral compass is, the stronger your intuition is, the easier your human experience will be. And I say it, I'll say it again. How many times have you made a decision and your gut saying, don't do it, don't do it, you do it. And then you say those magic words, I bloody knew I shouldn't have done that. I knew it. I knew he wasn't right. I knew she wasn't right. I knew I shouldn't have taken that job. Why did you then? Why did you? Because your ego is too busy to deal with you know, your inner you, your inner voice, your inner child, your inner soul is too busy to deal with that, goes with the easy option or the flashy, nice, sparkly option. That's where we go wrong in life. That's how we end up coming off our divine path because we let ego get in the way and push us off it. And that tiny little mouse, our inner soul, screaming its head off. And we're like, yeah, whatever, I'm not doing that. And the lion roars, the ego lion roars, and we just listen to that and we muck everything up. So by carrying out even just one of these practices, you know, and then a couple of months' time, another one, whatever, by reflecting upon ourselves and keeping our inner soul healthy, we will be doing such a justice to ourselves, the people around us who love us and the situations that go on around us. By having that lighter energy, we attract abundance and better people to ourselves. By having that self-love emanating from us, we attract the right partners By having that strong surety that we are doing the best we can, compassion, empathy, love, benevolence, our children look up to us with pride. 
there is nothing more important than keeping your inner soul as fit and gorgeous as the outside. People spend a fortune on getting their lips done and, you know, getting Botox done, getting their hair done, buying the best makeup, buying the best clothes, buying the best underwear to make you look good under those best clothes, right? We spend a fortune presenting ourselves to everybody else so that they can accept us and like us and then we look quite attractive, right? Why do we not do that on the inner bit? It does make me laugh, you know, when people spend like 90 quid at the hairdressers every six weeks. And yet if they they go to someone that says, oh, I can do quantum hypnotherapy, it's going to be £100 for a session. But it will change the rest of your life. Oh, no, I can't afford that. Oh, no, 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 I can't do that. How about investing in this earthing um, mat? This is going to really help you to, you know, detoxify and get all those vital... Oh, no, I can't do that. But you'll spend 170 quid on a quilt cover because it looks nice and matches your walls. We've all done, I've done it. We've all done it. But if we actually did spend more time, effort... And sometimes pentacles, money, on the inner us to to work out the core of what is going on. My God, we'd make for a better life. And we mostly look younger, more vibrant, more, more you know, have this vitality. By, you know, when I'm saying about doing this yoga and Tai Chi, swimming, going out in nature, surely we're going to look more rested and people are going to go, wow, you're glowing. Didn't have to pay for that at all. You just needed to take some steps to exercise and look after your inner child, your soul. It's really quite simple and it can be completely free. Because by eradicating all of these toxins in us, because most of them are held in there through thought, emotion, that creates a lot of the problems in our physical body, what we hold emotionally. If we can eradicate that through this work that I've just suggested then we're going to get rid of so much. It's like this huge antioxidant kind of operation going on from within. Of course we're going to glow. Everything is going to be so much more magnificent. The physical body is going to work in line so much better with the inner you when it's clear, focused, maintained, nurtured, loved. Just try it and see. Just have a little look and see... How much your life improves when you improve the inner you. Look at what you attract. Some people call it luck. I don't. We give out what we deserve. What we give out to the universe, it comes back a hundredfold. We give out love, benevolence, kindness. We get it back through people's situations. If we give out, you know, this benevolence, it comes back as, oh, look, I've got this coming to my bank account. I can buy that now for the people that worry about finance. Whatever you reflect out to the universe is what comes back. We're living in a perpetual mirror of intent, behaviour, energy, light, frequency. And it's just the natural laws of the universe that what you put out, you get back through people, situations. You call it luck, but it isn't. It's exactly what your soul deserves because that's what it's it's putting out there. It's all so beautiful. It's all so wonderful. And when you suddenly are working this and you're working your inner soul and then you think, God, I really need someone to come and help me do this. And then bang, there they are. You're like, oh my God, you are joking. But they just literally, the universe will drop it in your lap. Whatever you require for the greater good, they will drop it in your lap and help you all the way. 
And it is so miraculous to watch and experience. So I really, really do hope that you take up some of the stuff that the eye showed me up in heaven. I really do hope you do. And if you want to, by all means, go up there, try one of my guided meditations, go up and see if the chamber exposes itself to you and you go in there yourself. It's one of the most incredibly important chambers up in the Crystal Palace. I think so. Because it keeps us fit as anything, inner and outer, walking in this beautiful transition of harmony because when you don't do that transition to harmony your body just doesn't work with your soul it's just not happening but if you have them both on a high vibrational frequency you are open to what the beauty of the universe can bring all the celestial realms and all of the synchronicity and all the beauty that comes with it give it a go let me know. Give me feedback. Tell me if you're on it. Tell me what miracles you see, you expect, that you feel you deserve, the miracles that you already have received. Let me know, either through YouTube or whatever means you want to contact me on. All I know is, is that that I changed my life and I hope that I can change a life by you just plugging me in and listening away. And hopefully, I'm part of your inspirational part. Hopefully, I'm being plugged into your ears as you're walking through a woodlands. And I hope, though, that while you're listening to me, if you are in that woodland, that you're looking around and seeing the birds fly and watching the leaves just move in an unseen wind and think, yeah, this is lovely. And I'm listening to someone that's inspiring me. And then you've ticked one of the boxes. So I'm going to leave it there for you. I really hope that you find this inspiring and I really do hope it helps you if you're going through a number of crises or are still being pulled back into the past. I wish you so much love and strength. And again, I've absolutely loved keeping it real with you. Until the next time, lots of love, Nikki Allen. Mm-hmm.